and welcome to the Credit Union Overtime Podcast. My name's Eric Connolly here at FinEd, and today's episode, we are speaking with Elizabeth Fast about her recent webinar, Major Changes to Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. A major makeover of the FDCPA has been finalized. The new requirements provide more control and convenience for consumers, while collectors face new restrictions on the number of contact attempts and message content. Learn the latest collection rules regarding electronic communications, violation interpretations, oversight of debt collectors, and more. That recorded webinar is available for purchase now on the website. You will see a link in the show notes. And for today's episode, Elizabeth is joined by Larry Williams, the president and CEO of Financial Education and Development, to discuss some of the important questions and big issues that came up in relation to this webinar. And we'll jump right into the conversation with Larry and Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. Um, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to visit with me today. I know you're, you're very, very busy, so um, we can just jump right in if you'd like. All right. Thanks. Yeah. So... Your recent webinar about the major changes to the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, that was a big deal. Um, Lots of folks attended. Um, We had lots of questions, and it seems like it really struck a chord with financial institutions. Um, So, but really my first question about that is why? Um, It's my understanding that this act really only applies to third-party collectors. So why are financial institutions that work their own delinquencies, why are they even paying attention? Boy, that's yeah, that's a really good question, and and you're correct um, in that the FDCPA only applies to third-party debt collectors. So the financial institution itself doesn't fall within that definition of a third-party debt collector mm-hmm. when they're collecting their own loans. Right. But here's here's the deal: um, the institution is prohibited from using any unfair, deceptive, or abusive acts or practices when it collects its own loans. Hmm. Now, that unfair, deceptive, abusive act or practice, you know, we call that UDAP nowadays. But um, the CFPB has stated that if an institution would Hmm. violate any of these rules imposed by the, the new rules under the FDCPA, then it's probable that that institution is committing a UDAP violation. Um, So so technically, the institution hasn't violated the FDCPA because the institution isn't covered by the FDCPA. But then the institution has probably violated UDAP. Um, If the institution follows this FDCPA guidance, the institution is just assured that it's handling its consumer debt collection practices properly, even though they're collecting their own debt. Um, and it'll uh, assure you, the institution that it won't be subject to some type of a UDAP claim. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, that's really, I mean, that, I guess that's a technical legal reason. But I think uh, another important reason that institutions need to understand the FDCPA is because financial institutions often hire third-party debt collectors. And and so remember, the institution is required to monitor its third-party vendors and third-party debt collectors to ensure that those third parties are following the FDCPA rules. So it's just a, you know, it's a prudent practice to follow 
these new FDCPA guidelines. Okay. Hmm. So really, to put it politely, it's kind of a cover all my bases sorts of thing. Um, <laughs> so if I know I'm compliant right. with the, if I know I'm compliant with the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and it's all and all its recent changes, then I can be pretty confident that I'm not engaging in any unfair, deceptive, or abusive practicing violating UDAP, which uh, I know from experience that can uh, per, can get a person in big trouble and big trouble fast. Yeah. Is that a pretty good summary? Yeah. That- yeah, that's that's exactly right. You don't want to get in trouble with your regulators. No, no. So, what do you see as the biggest new trip hazard for collector collectors with the new rules? You know, um, I would say the most talked about change is what I call the seven times in seven days rule. Mm-hmm. The new guidance. I mean, we've always had the guidance that that said you can't harass the consumer when you're trying to do collection. And it's deemed to be harassing conduct with respect to telephone calls that are repeated and continuous. So the FDCPA has always said that, you know, you can't be harassing to the consumer with all the telephone calls. Well, finally, we now have some guidance. So this new rule gives the collector a safe harbor Mm. by providing that the collector is presumed to be in compliance if the collector does not contact the consumer more than seven times in seven consecutive days. Mm. And then also, there's another thing about the seven-day rule is that the collector is presumed to be in compliance if the collector waits a period of seven days to call the consumer back after actually having an actual contact conversation with that consumer. So it's like seven, it's seven days. You have to wait seven days after you've had an actual conversation with the consumer. Um, I think that's probably what everybody talks about. So if, if you ever hear about the seven times in seven days, that's yeah. what it, that's what it's talking about. The telephone call collections. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's kind of a good way to remember it. Um, I suppose it would prevent somebody from calling somebody else. If you actually talk to somebody, you have to wait another seven days to talk to them again. I'd, I'd like to paraphrase here, but uh and then also, if That's they don't correct. answer, you can call them pretty much every day for seven days in a row. But <laughs> once they <laughs> once they answer, hey, yes. play off for a while, right? Right, exactly. That is absolutely right. But, but okay, here's another thing, though. It's seven days, seven times in seven consecutive days. Okay. Well, then somebody said, oh, well, why don't I just call them seven times in one day? Well, (laughs) okay. And so technically, you know, you go, okay, well, you only called seven times in seven days because you called all seven times in one day and then waited another seven days. Sure. But, but there is, but the guidance does say, I mean, you have to be reasonable when you think about these things. And so what they're saying is it's a safe harbor. If you just call them, you know, one time every day then you're going to be fine. But if you try to call them seven times in one day, that probably wouldn't work. Okay. All right. So, um, 
the fair De- the fair debt collection practices act has been around a long time over 40 years and as you and I yeah a long time yeah and we even talked a little bit before this uh, this podcast um, not nothing's really changed with it for a long time well obviously the way we communicate today has fundamentally changed um, does the new rule have anything to say about electronic communications like email or text that was I think one of the most important reasons that that they adopted the new rule you're right because <laughs> way back when when the when the f- rule was first adopted we didn't have emails and we didn't have t- text we didn't have electronic stuff so it, it that is an important aspect the new rule gives the consumer the right to opt out of electronic communications any kind of electronic communications now technically it's the federal e-sign act that gives consumers the right to stop anyone from communicating with the consumer electronically but the new fdcpa rule it requires the collector to include a statement in all electronic communications with the consumer which would be like email or or Mm. text and and that that statement gives the consumer, you have to give the consumer a simple method to opt out okay. of receiving further electronic communications. And so the example I think about is that the collector could use, we see that quote type stop if you want to stop receiving texts or uh, emails. Yes. We see that, that legend a lot. That's what it's referring to because it says you got to have a, a simple method for mm. that consumer to opt out of future electronic communications. And, oh. and that really emphasizes about how this new FTCPA rule, it definitely increases the consumer's control over how, you know, what, what mechanism and also when they can be contacted by collectors. Okay. Okay. Well, I, uh, I definitely find myself typing stop a lot lately on my phone. And not, <laughs> not because I'm past due on any loans, I'm honest, <laughs> but uh, mostly for sales texts. Uh, right. But, you know, that seems to work. I'm actually pretty glad it's becoming a quick, reliable way to opt out of those because, uh, like I said, I use it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, and I've seen institutions now, they're not just doing it for text. They're actually having that legend at the bottom of their all of their emails where it says stop, you know, types or email back stop if you want us to stop sending you emails. Right. So, yep. yeah, it's a pretty simple method. It's a good, yeah, yeah it's a good idea. Those. That probably gives the automatic email readers um, something to look for so, so people can so. opt out automatically. So, that's good. Okay. Good. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to kind of say about the the webinar that you recently did the um, the major changes to the fair um, the fair debt collections practices act that we had here just a few days ago well i I just think that these new changes to the FDCPA really are a big deal yeah I mean this you know you said the law's been around forever. Mm-hmm. And the CFPB had been working on these changes for, oh, at least seven years or longer. Wow. So this is a really old rule, and we haven't had any new guidance on it for 
probably close to 10 years. Mm. So that's why I think it's, it's a big deal. And, and they were good about it. I mean, I'm delighted that they did actually talk about the new types of communication, email and text. And so it really does give us more guidance. Although in the end, it definitely <laughs> increases the consumer's control mm. over the collection activities, but at least the collectors in our institutions, at least we, we now have um, some more guidance to follow. Good. Good deal. Well, Elizabeth, um, like I said, I know you're busy. I want to thank you again for your time today um, to talk about some of the highlights of the major changes to the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. As I said earlier, our webinar on the subject was pretty popular. So if any of our listeners today, if you missed it, uh, stay tuned to find out how you can catch Elizabeth Fast's detailed summary of all the changes you need to know about. With that, I will sign off and let you get back to work. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Call anytime. Thanks, Elizabeth. Bye. And a big thank you to Elizabeth Fast for joining us today. And thank you also to Larry Williams. It was a great conversation between the two of you. A little bit of housekeeping to close things out here. You can purchase access to this recorded webinar. That link is in the show notes. You can use the coupon code FAIRDEBT21 to take $20 off that registration. Again, that is FAIRDEBT21. As always, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter for exclusive content and specials. I'd like to thank our state association partners, our outstanding speakers, and you, the listener. We hope you stay safe. We hope you stay healthy and have a great start to 2021. See you soon.